is the Go Blue Crew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, uh, it's been super gloomy where I am in Indianapolis, and I looked at the radar, and it looked like it was raining in the entire Midwest. Is it gloomy where you are? Yeah, I feel like it's rained for about 24 hours, and I feel like we've got about 24 hours to go. I feel the same way. Um, My basement doesn't flood, but water will kind of trickle in every now and then. I haven't been down there yet. That's where I got my beer fridge. Not good. I need to protect it at all costs. Really not good. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you one of those like set uh, up on something. It, no, no, actually no. It's one of those like little uh, mini fridges, like the college fridge, you know. Yep, yep, classic. So that's that's what I'm rocking with down there right now. Of course, because it's Wednesday, I've got the whiskey in hand. Same. We were talking it about is, this. It is before. a well-deserved whiskey Wednesday. Oh I would yeah, say. yeah. See, I'm going with the old granddad, not a sponsor. Um. This is the 80 proof, though. A little sweet for my taste. I'd prefer 100 and above, but that's all they had at the store. Derek, I know, is rocking with the Kirkland brand whiskey, which I didn't even know existed until we were talking about it. Can we get your, like, 10-second review? If you like Crown Royale, which, you know, Crown Royale is not my favorite, but I do like Canadian whiskey. Crown Royale, you know, middle tier. If you like that, this is exactly the same. Only, you know, you only pay the price of twenty-seven thirty-nine for a half gal. So, you know, I think pretty affordable, you know, balling at cool. Costco often. I know you are too. Yeah. And uh, I would highly recommend Kirkland Canadian whiskey. It puts me in a good place to podcast. That's uh, and too, also too much. totally a sponsor. <laughs> Someday, <laughs> uh, right, whether right, they know right. it or not. Before we get into Michigan Rutgers, we'll just you know spend a couple minutes uh, talking about everything we loved about that Northern Illinois game. I mean, was there anything you didn't love, Derek? No, and, and in fact, I went, um, and I feel like the the thing I loved most, especially being there is the crowd reaction though smaller than the weekend before though not as entertaining and, and uh you know wild as the weekend before yeah, obviously with the night crowd at washington but the way the crowd that's there reacts to big plays is i mean it's just a great feeling it's fun to be there um and i think it you know just kind of shows that you know hundred thousand people plus uh are kind of waiting for those types of plays consistently and, and that's kind of what michigan's been delivering you know they're uh, scoring the most points in the Big Ten right now, you know, you know, notable as you head into the Big Ten season, or at least as Michigan heads into the Big Ten season. But yeah, a whole lot to like. Um, the one thing, maybe if I if I could pick something, is I'd like a little bit more throwing still from both quarterbacks, and I'd, I'd obviously like to see JJ do a little bit more um, passing the ball as well. Obviously, he's in there with his team up thirty plus, um, and so you don't want to you know do anything stupid. But I think you know throwing deep ball. From him would be good too. We saw it from Cade, so that'd be the only thing I'd pick on. But man, flawless game overall, um, and, and a team that you know took care of business uh, in a way we knew they could, but you know maybe weren't sure what we'd see. And, and they definitely uh, proved to everybody that they're not going to let a team like Northern Illinois uh, come into the big house and, and even have a chance to win. Derek, devil's advocate here, you want to see Michigan throw the ball a little more. You're not alone, obviously. Michigan leads the Big Ten 
with 350 rushing yards per game. And who do you think number two is, and how far behind are they? Say Michigan State and not far. It is actually Wisconsin. Michigan State at 263 Hmm. per game, Wisconsin three yards more per game. The point is, Michigan has almost 100 more yards per game rushing than everyone else in the Big Ten. Why do you want, and again, this is devil's advocate. I don't feel this passionately, but I'm just throwing it out there. Why do you want a team that's running the ball for 350 yards per game, by far the best in the Big Ten, to throw the ball more? Well, we talked about this last week. You know, I, I just think reps. One of the things I did like, you know, uh, Cade missed on a deep ball on first and 10. On second and 10, uh, Cade dropped back again, was very calm, collected, and and threw a dot. Um, and so just to pass twice in a row. And I think we kind of talked about that as something I'd like to see in the Northern Illinois game. And I'd say the same for the Rutgers game, even though it's going to be a closer ball game, is I, I just like seeing a possession where, uh, you know, even when Caden misses a throw, uh, he's allowed to, to drop back there again, because obviously on first down and second down, when you are a team that rushes the, the ball as well as Michigan does, you know, those six yard gains on first and second down, you know, allow you to essentially run the entire drive and score, which they have done uh, more than one occasion. And I, and I think that the the run game is, is awesome. It's almost like the same reason you see Donovan Edwards in there, you know, getting two touchdowns in the second half. One, it's the team you're playing, how big you're up. But two, you know, they want him to, to get reps too because they know he's, you know, plays away from being as explosive as the other two backs. You know, not exactly like Blake Corum, not exactly like Hassan Haskins, but his own, you know, very unique running back uh, and going to be a, a darn good one. And so for me, I just think that anytime we can just get a little bit more of a sense of the passing game, it just gives that confidence for for when those drives come. You know, you're going to get some late second halves where you want to, you know, you're tied or you're down and you want to take a lead before halftime, or you're going to get in some late game situations where you can't, you know, simply rush the ball the whole time uh, if a team's stopping you. So, you know, I would like to see a little bit more of it in these comfortable games. Obviously, moving forward, the games get less comfortable. If running, you know, 90 times is how you win the ball game, run 90 times, you know, because these are the games you need to win and you maybe aren't sure you're going to win all of them. Northern Illinois, you could do whatever you want. So I guess that's why left maybe a little disappointed at uh, the lack of passing, though effective when K did pass the ball. Yeah, the only thing I'm going to add to this, uh, Blake Corum's Heisman campaign is about to go into high gear. Now the conference play is starting. We talked about it last week. But not enough people are on the Blake Corum Heisman train. I was just looking at a Heisman list today. I think it was from, from uh, 24-7 Sports. Didn't have Blake Corum. I said, that's a mistake. He's going to be a Heisman candidate. People talk about uh, you know at least midway through the season. And you know I suspect that Michigan will be good enough and he will have uh, good enough numbers to be one of those players you're talking about late in the season. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, Michigan Rutgers, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. Michigan, a 20-point favorite here, leads the all-time series 6-1, to one, and they've only played since Rutgers joined the Big Ten. I know that was a surprise, at least for me back then, and I was like, wait, these two, like super historic teams have not played each other um of course Rutgers won that first one Michigan eked out a win in overtime last year they're six and one like most Big Ten teams doing okay against uh against Rutgers 
But the Scarlet Knights, Derek, are three and zero for the first time since 2012, and we talked about it before the season started. This is not the same Rutgers team that everybody was rolling over. Michigan won a game, what was it, 78 to zero in 2016, and I I think that was uh, either the week after or the week before. Ohio State did like basically the same thing. That is not this Rutgers team. We talked about it before the season, and now. We're getting to see that uh, through the first three games. What do you make of Rutgers right now? So I want to poke fun at you just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, because, you know, you also always say this is not, you know, the Indiana team of old. And, you know, I think we both see how that's going, um, even though you're really high in the Hoosiers. A lot of, a lot of season left, you know, and they could still beat the, the Michigan Wolverines. But I I say that because I feel like I'm kind of – you know, on the on the Rutgers vibe, kind of like with you in Indiana, especially since you've been bringing up Indiana, you know, favorably for a couple of seasons now because they have been training in the right direction. Greg Schiano is definitely going to get them training in the right direction. In fact, can you remember what it was on? Whether it was the Big Ten Network or it was ESPNU or something? You know, they're replaying um, Rutgers Louisville or when Rutgers beat number three team in the nation. I think they were ranked 15 in 2006 or, or whenever that was. And so I don't, you know, I don't expect that this season. I don't think. We expect that even next season. But this is a team that's going to play their hearts out. They're going to play their hardest. They're very talented. They've got good skill players. And it's a team that can be dangerous. I mean, it's just like Big Ten basketball where every team has enough players to be dangerous. Big Ten football is kind of following that a little bit closer than ever before, especially, you know, from top to bottom in the conference or at least teams, you know, having seasons where they're looking like they could um, compete. And so this is not a rollover Rutgers team. I think they're going to come in ready to prove themselves. This would be a huge win, especially with the way Michigan's been rolling early. Um, and so I think they come in and, and give Michigan a little bit of a scare. And I think, you know, that kind of goes back to the passing i think michigan's gonna have to show that they can do more than run the football they might have to show that their offense can keep pace with another offense you know they're going to be tested and i would not be surprised if that test comes this weekend against rutgers you know there are teams Derek, in rutgers position who um you know week after week they're facing competition that on paper is better and they decide the way we're gonna try to get ahead of that is with really dynamic offensive play Rutgers hasn't really done that. The reason Rutgers is 3-0 and right now is because of the old-fashioned stuff. They take care of the football. They're one of four teams in FBS without a turnover. Michigan is also one of those four teams without a turnover this season. Unlike Michigan, though, Rutgers takes the ball away. Eight takeaways, five fumbles, three interceptions. They eat up clock on offense. They do those types of things really well. And I can see how that would frustrate a team. Maybe not like Michigan, because Michigan is, you know, for the most part in the same boat. You know, take care of the football. Uh, not a lot of shots downfield. It's, you know, we're going to play the game our way kind of thing. So I, I don't think Michigan is necessarily in trouble here. But I, I think there's a chance that, that Rutgers just really frustrates Michigan on both sides of the ball. It's like, gosh, this is a five six minute drive you know, we can't get them off the field on third down that kind of thing that's where I'm I don't want to say I'm, I'm nervous or you know scared but I think like that's what I'm going to be paying attention to is is Michigan's ability to just kind of stick with it trust your stuff on offense understand that that Rutgers is a pretty clean team at least through three games and and just try to get through that 
I think they're definitely going to be tested. I think, you know, and this is not to take anything away from Western or Northern Illinois. In fact, Western's played really well two weekends in a row. I think a shutout and beat Pittsburgh uh, this past weekend. Uh, High-scoring game. And so, I mean, they have talented players, but I think this will be a good reminder of, you know, really talented players that are in the Big Ten and obviously a very talented coach. And I think that... Uh, you know, even coaching battles, you know, you, you look at, you know, offense coordinators versus defense coordinators, vice versa. You know, I think that there's going to be a lot of things that maybe, I don't know, maybe we head scratch a little bit. Maybe we kind of question some play calling because that this is around the time, you know, Big Ten starting where we, you know, the grumblings will come out if things aren't looking flawless. And things don't need to look flawless to beat most teams in the Big Ten, you know, because you can just play really sound football, like you mentioned Rutgers, because it's going to try to do. But, I mean, Michigan can play really well and dominate Rutgers. If Michigan doesn't look so hot, you know, running the ball somehow because of uh, Rutgers' aggressive defense or if they can't connect on any passes and in situations where they need to, then, yeah, you know, this is a team that will hang around as as long as they can. Uh, I think Michigan probably pulls away because I think they're just – I think they're actually a pretty good football team. It's uh, trying not to say that too much or even think that too much because – Yeah, wow, okay. (laughs) Like, I, I feel like that's not even me, you know, trying to be fan. That's just like they, they're playing sound football. Like, like the fact that they haven't turned the ball over. There's been stupid turnovers and stupid games in the past. And when you take care of the football and non-conference play, you know, that's a pretty good start to your season no matter who your opponent is. You know, mistakes happen all the time. And so I think they're playing sound football. But you mentioned the thing that makes me the most nervous, and it's Rutgers and their ability to take the ball away. Michigan really hasn't done a ton of that. You know, there's been moments where they've been close with some dropped interceptions but you start turning the ball over and, and Rutgers starts getting you know really fired up because of the defense is creating problems then that's a team that I'm scared to go into the second half against now here's an interesting stat for you Derek and I wish I would have written down exactly where they stand in the Big Ten I just I've noted they are near the bottom in yards per game and I, I want to say it's like nine nine ten in there so you know near the bottom in the conference in terms of yards per game second in points per game at 41 Michigan is first with 47 how how often do you see that a team that if you just looked at yards per game you're like yeah that's that's not a great offense and as we said like not explosive no but they're scoring 41 points per game I thought that was interesting and I also mentioned uh, Rutgers without a turnover, Michigan without a turnover. I want to ask you, is that true after Saturday? I don't think so. I think, you know, I just think any time in the Big Ten, especially with the way things are trending, you're going to get the best out of most teams. You know, there's teams like Michigan last year, Penn State early last year, um, that, you know, guys didn't even want to be out there. Um, that's not going to be the case this season. I think every team is full of guys that have a lot to prove that are excited to be back to a full season. And and I think that, you know, you're going to see some some big plays offensively and defensively. I think both teams force at least a turnover. Uh, you know, hopefully in, in Michigan's favor, uh, they don't give the ball away too many times or at least in, in really crucial situations. But I think both of these defenses have a lot of great athletes and are going to make a lot of big plays uh, because, you know, that's, that's how you, you know, that's a big part of why you win a ball game. I think they're both capable of, of taking the ball away consistently. Do you think Michigan, of course, they're going to try to run the ball. Like, you know, at, at this point, um, we know what, what Michigan is trying to do. Is it as successful? And I wonder, this is really hard to quantify, 
but at what point are the are the coaches on the sideline and the players on the sideline thinking like okay maybe we need to try to mix it up at least I don't think Michigan's ever really going to abandon the run unless it's absolutely necessary but surely there's a point where they're looking around at each other like okay uh things aren't going as hot as we would want them to so we need to find something through the air we need to get the ball outside more often take more shots downfield whatever it is uh do you think Michigan you know perhaps gets to that point on Saturday or do you think they're just running the ball like they have been I think you maybe get to that point if it's a tight game um for me I you know, kind of goes back to you know wanting to see him be a little bit more diverse on offense. I think that that you know when you look back on the other seasons and you like think of someone like Tariq Black, who you know his attitude just seemed horrible his last year at Michigan, and Diamond Peoples Jones, who was you know excited enough when a guy scored a touchdown or got a big play, but you know would rather be the playmaker. I feel like not opening up the offense and not trusting players has been a huge issue. I think the coaching staff now is probably put players in a better place, show that they have more trust, and and players are making big plays. You know Blake Corum's making you know plays that are people are taking notice around the country for and and i think that that allows some more trust too but yeah there could come a point where you know we need to try something different or you know same old same old like i I think that frustrations will always come um i'm just hoping that you know michigan's ready to open up the playbook you know adjust the game plan those are the things that we haven't seen a lot of because they haven't been in in many close games uh and and when adversity comes you know it's going to be a huge test for them uh and and i think they'll see enough of that this weekend to where we'll get a pretty good grip on how comfortable we are with how michigan's been playing especially if they continue winning you know uh we we talk about blake corm a lot for obvious reasons but Dalen Baldwin, Cornelius Johnson, and I'll throw Eric Hall in there at the tight end position. Those are three guys who can go 20, 25, 30 yards downfield and make a play. And we've seen all three of them do that. I'm not ready to call any of them like the replacement for Ronnie Bell, but that's part of what Ronnie Bell did. I mean, he was just really good at competing in the air for the football, despite, you know, being a little undersized in, in some matchups. Is that factoring in, do you think, to Michigan's game plan? Maybe not against Rutgers. I mean, if you go out and take a commanding lead, doesn't really need to be the case. But do you think Michigan uh, and, and Cade McNamara specifically, do you think they're getting more comfortable with those, with those three specifically who I mentioned in going downfield and just kind of trusting them to make a play? Because you talked about just having you have playmakers obviously in offense anybody who looks at Michigan's roster you see it and you look at the guys who go to the NFL draft and you're like holy crap why weren't they putting up those gaudy numbers at Michigan well yeah like you said like it just didn't seem to be taken full advantage of do you think they're looking at those three guys and and trying to fix that and say okay we need to trust them yeah, absolutely. I think you look at anyone who has to replace someone, you know, a veteran, very skilled uh, playmaker and Ronnie Bell, um, you know, there's an extra kind of burden placed on you, you know, pressure that you face and, and you have to, you know, gain the trust of the coaches. You've got to uh, step up, you know, lead 
make big plays, make the right plays, block down the field. I mean, everyone seems really excited about the receiver blocking. You know, Baldwin came right out and said, you know, you have to block or you're not playing. I think he's just out there, you know, playing his heart out, trying to prove something. I think you've got guys like Cornelius Johnson, uh, you know, seem a little frustrated with himself when he, you know, doesn't catch the ball or dismisses, but, you know, is a blazer and can also go up and get it. Um, I think you're starting to see that Michigan actually legitimately has good depth at wide receiver. You know, maybe not a superstar, um, but, you know, guys who can make plays. And I just think, you know, too, with, with a guy like A.J. Henning, you know, getting some confidence in the punt return game, they knew that they were going to force Northern Illinois to punt a lot. That's a perfect game to get reps back there, um, you know, kind of show yourself he made some big plays in special teams he's made some big plays on offense from a slot position i think that they have just a you know wealth of talent on offense i think they're doing a really good job at taking advantage of it in subtle ways and for them to be really good you know multiple players are going to have to make big plays and the offense is going to have to open up a lot and so i think you're seeing more trust in players and i think as Cade gets more comfortable throws the ball a little bit more i think we're really going to see who in the wide receiver room uh, is the best fit for this offense all right let's get on to predictions to wrap up i've got 35 17 michigan um and it feels like one of those games where maybe the score is closer than what it looked like and and i say that because like we talked about um rutgers offense is is methodical and efficient and this may be a game where michigan just doesn't have all that many possessions like it may not be possible to to get to 50 or whatever like even if that was the pace they were on so i think at 35 17 in that area i think ultimately it's comfortable enough um and i'll answer my own question by the way back when i asked you if if i think if you think uh you know we'll we'll get through saturday with both of these teams still not having committed a turnover i'm just gonna go with i think both teams commit a turnover and uh, Michigan is the safer pick here because of the way Rutgers' defense has been so opportunistic. But uh, you know, Michigan's defense, though they haven't created turnovers, they have created a bunch of pressure. They've made opposing quarterbacks pretty uncomfortable. And I think it's just it's a matter of time. And, and four games into the season for Rutgers, yeah, a turnover's got to be coming. I have 42 to 21. Uh, I think that Michigan's going to score a lot of points. They've, you know, showed that they can uh, score the ball often. They've got, you know, what eight rushing touchdowns or one off the record. Um, you know, I think that they are scoring the ball at will. Obviously, against opponents that allow a lot of points. But you know, anytime you're averaging what 47 points a game. Uh, and you're just doing what you're doing on the ground, I think you're going to you know, dominate a football game. It's going to take someone really slowing up two superstar running backs, it seems, uh, to, to really keep this offense uh, at bay. And, and I just think that Michigan's too good in the end. Though, like you said, I, I think... You know, this is a, a team that can score. This is a Rutgers team that's going to create some adversity for the Wolverines. I just think that third quarter, um, you know, or maybe even a surge earlier than that's going to put them away. Um, and, you know, they'll score again. And, and I think, like you said, uh, score might not reflect the game perfectly. Uh, but I think we'll see a lot we like, you know, enough of what we don't. And hopefully they'll just continue to get more comfortable on offense and defense. All right, Michigan Rutgers, 330 Eastern on ABC Big Ten play is underway uh, next week. We'll get into Michigan-Wisconsin, but hopefully we're also talking about a Michigan win over Rutgers. So until then, take care 
and go blue. Go blue.